the hurricane and you That's heading right. to undisclosed location or did you say where you were going? I don't think I said where I was going but we're back. Where'd you go? <laughs> so the kids and I we went to Utah which was amazing. I really love Utah. First time I've ever been and everybody there was the sweetest people I've ever met. Yeah super kind people. Honestly like super kind people. I mean southern hospitality is the thing. I don't know what this is in Utah but it's like at Starbucks I'm ordering my drink and they're asking me, like, what I'm doing for the day. Like, anything fun. It's that Utah politeness. Every time. It wasn't a one time. It was multiple people. I'm serious. <laughs> I was, like, getting a pumpkin spice latte. I know. I, ha- I had to get it. And they were like, so, are you doing anything fun today? And I'm like, is she talking to me? That's it. Everything. So here's what Southern hospitality is. Yeah, what it, is that? It has politeness, but it has, it has a layer of honesty that's hard to get. Right? So it's like you walking down the street in the South, and, like, you, you messed up. Like, yeah. you, you're looking absolutely silly. Right. Right. Like you got like a kick me on the back. You're of your saying shirt. like you got a booger a, in your nose. That's right. Somebody a southerner's gonna be like, hey, look here, buddy. Hey, man. Now, yeah. This happens to everybody, but you got a bigger booger <laughs> in your nose. No, right? that makes sense. So like that's a southerner. Now in Utah, they'd be like, hey, how you doing today? They want they'll choose not to look at the booger. <laughs> and they wouldn't judge you for the booger. Now, I don't either. know what they would or wouldn't do, but they're so. not gonna bring it up. They're no, like, yeah, I don't think so they're either. Like you are the nicest, best looking booger person I've seen today. <laughs> Uh, honestly, it was a really cool, a cool state that I would, I would love to go back to. The mountains were gorgeous right now because of the fall and the leaves. It was like unbelievable. So I'll get to learn this uh, live on the air with everybody else. The videos you sent me and the ones you put on IG, like yeah. the uh, riding on the little yeah. sled thing, or sl- you know, what was that like? How uh, did that set up? That work? was like a bobsled, I would assume, something okay. similar. I yeah. guess they called it a coaster, but um, or chaser. It was amazing. It was at a, a ski resort, and which is cool because when it's not snowing, they have all these different things you can do in the summer and in the fall. And it's like this little toboggan bobsled type thing where you, you kind of go up, almost like a roller coaster. You go all the way up, slowly down, and then they start you and you like do a bunch of spins and curves. And I mean, it went really fast. Are you like controlling your speed as You have well? a brake, but I was like, we're not touching the brake, kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, do not touch the brake. Mama signed a liability <laughs> waiver, and we're going to test it. You know, sometimes it's like you got to test it. And I was like, don't be a little wussy. You're not pushing the brake. I almost said a bad word, but I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say a bad, bad word. <sighs> I wasn't going to say a bad word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, oh, my God. But I was like, kids, don't touch the brake. Let's see how fast. And I'm telling you. That word could have either been the... The it B was or the B baby. Word. It could have been B don't word. be a baby, but Yeah, baby for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, we're all about to witness a word that I don't even hear Jess say. I, okay. I think in fifteen years I don't think I I don't know if I've heard you say the word bitch like Are you saying ever. I wasn't gonna say it. You were just gonna say baby? You're gonna say B. I was gonna say B, probably, <laughs> yeah. But anyway. It was awesome. Let me tell you right now, she'd have been the only person in Utah to say that word that that's, day. Um, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and again, so now Southern Hospitality, all right, listen. All right, we brought it up for this slide. If little <laughs> kids can do it, don't be a little bitch. We're going full speed. Yeah. It, I'm telling you, it didn't look like it went fast when you're viewing it, but when you're on that thing 
and whip in those corners, it was crazy. You was lean with it, rock with it. It was crazy, but it didn't hurt your head, which is good. You know how sometimes those wooden roller coasters, you leave with whiplash? Well, I don't know in my extensive experience riding wooden roller what? coasters. You don't remember when we went with Slade to Six Flags? No, the All-American Scream Machine? <laughs> that is the wooden roller coaster oh, I think I've ridden on. That's My head felt so, like, my neck and my head were like, pfft after that. But. I am surprised, like, when you go to places like Six Flags where they're like... Yeah, yeah, it's still good. I know. <laughs> you know, like like buildings built in those time periods got to get updated code and stuff. Uh, and like, uh, nah, it'll be alright. You don't think about that when you're a kid. You think about that when you're an adult. For sure. I always remember that growing up. Like my parents, like my dad, be like, "I'm not getting on that. That's made by Carnies." Yeah. You know, and I'd be like, "Oh, he's a baby." Yeah. Right, and I'm like, "I'm getting on that thing." I remember, you know, the salt and pepper shaker. No, how'd that go? It's like where there's two people. It looks like a like a capital I. So there's like. There's like uh, okay. people yeah, on yeah, one yeah. side and then yeah, on the yeah, bottom yeah, and it yeah. goes upside down. And then that you're like independently spinning as yeah. it's spinning. Yeah. And like sometimes it'll go upside down and you're hanging upside down and it's it's paused for a second. Remember that? Yes. So I remember going to this, it's called the Pumpkin Festival because where I'm from is like, there's a big pumpkin factory. So they have, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. So there's like a ton of pumpkins. But I remember my parents dropped me off and I did the salt and pepper shaker, but I was kind of small I'll never forget being upside down, holding on so I wouldn't slide through, you know, like where the harness is. I'm like, how? In Man, the world? what an interesting point. Being in law school, I think, to like acts of negligence, and I think you don't sign a waiver when you go to a carnival. How do they do that? I think there just must be such an assumed risk, right? And like, just, you sign, you listen, just so you guys know, like, I'm going to tell you right now, you definitely, a carnival could definitely get sued for negligence if you fall out of that, even though you're in a waiver, right? Uh, or I'm sorry, not even if you're in a waiver, in the absence of a waiver, yeah. they definitely could because they have a duty to put that together in a way that you can't fall apart and then that happens. So, But regardless, I'm going to say, I don't know. Maybe you know what it is? What? It's the deep pockets theory. What's that mean? It means like, so in law school, they talk about this a bunch, that generally the only lawsuits that you actually see like make it into the court are ones where the defendant has deep pockets or it can be tied to deep pockets, oh. right? So here's a, here's another little Latin word for us out there. It's called respondent superior. And so let's say somebody works at Holiday Inn, right? And you go into the Holiday Inn and, uh, you know, you're going to get, get them to move your luggage to your room. And while they're walking with you to your room, they're, they're carrying your luggage on the little rail cart or whatever, they accidentally like run over the back of your ankle and break your ankle. Yeah. Right? So you're not going to, not me or whatever, but a person would not sue the person individually. Right. They would list them in the suit to include them, you know, for transactional purposes, for testifying and stuff. But it would be to the person, but it will be ultimately to the Holiday Inn is yeah. what they would sue, right? So the problem with Carnival is you're just not going to have deep enough pockets to actually chase down the money. That's how people... When they sense. sue people, think, right? Yeah, that's so interesting that you say that. I mean, you have to sign a waiver. Well, you don't sign a waiver at Six Flags. I think you do now. I bet you when you, I bet on your what ticket, you either on your ticket or signature at the gate or something, I huh. bet there is some kind of signature. That'd be good to look up. We gotta look that up. Man, at a company that big with pockets that deep again, yeah. you know, because if anything happened, and you didn't like decide that you were taking your own risk, like yeah, yeah they'd be super liable. Isn't the fair a crazy thing? I mean, these rides are, are crazy. I have a question for you. How many funnel cakes did you crush growing up? I've never had a funnel cake. What? <laughs> never. 
Even what? even when I could eat what All I wanted. All the sweets, everything nope. you've had. You know what I love? You never had that fried wheat nope. with powdered sugar? Never. You know what I would buy like five bags of? What? Cotton candy. Cotton candy. That doesn't surprise me at all. That was my go-to. You should have allowed me to guess. I would have showed all the people how much I know my wife. I I never ate a funnel cake. I've never had... I never wanted... I don't know, as a kid, stuff like that just made my stomach hurt. I don't... Big surprise. Big surprise. My stomach hurt all the time. (laughs) But anyway, the cotton candy... Fried wheat with powdered sugar. (laughs) Why does my stomach hurt? Staple of every child's diet. (laughs) Cotton candy and the frozen lemonade. What do you mean frozen? Oh, just like the drink. So good. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't It wasn't a drink. It was kind of like a... Like a popsicle type thing? But yeah, but you had a spoon and it would start to melt and it was kind of like a slushy, but it was, it was um, frozen. A snow cone? No. They'll know what I'm talking Shaved about. Shaved ice. Kind of, but it's frozen. Probably because it's so hot and so it like slowly melts. It's kind of like sorbet. Oh, okay. Just gotcha. A bit, but yeah. I can't yeah. believe I knew what sorbet was. But. <laughs> Did you eat funnel cakes? Uh, I definitely had some funnel cakes growing up. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And uh, as I think back to it now, I, it makes more sense why you feel like crap towards the end of the carnival day. Yeah, I never had a corn dog until I was an adult. What? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't sound good to me. You're like ruining childhoods right now. It didn't now. sound good to me. Now I'm like, I wish I would have tried all these things. <laughs> yeah, I was really picky. What about like uh, like the disgustingly. Caramel covered apples. Love them. I knew you were gonna love them. I love them. That's why I brought it up because that's I how lo- gross you are. Okay, I love when things get stuck in my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's actually a dividing line in this household. I do. I love it. Yeah, like, when Jess was a big candy eater, what were those little things that I couldn't oh, stand? Oh, jujubes. Yeah, jujubes. She'd be like, "You want one of these?" And she would give me like literally like two or three of these. And I, <laughs> I remember very early on we were we were dating or married. She gave me some, and I like chewed it. I feel like I was on house arrest. <laughs> I couldn't get these out of my teeth. I'm like looking for a toothpick. I'm mad, oh, I pissed love it. off about it. I love it. it. I love jujubes. I used to love uh, milk duds, uh, laffy taffy, like taffy. I, I don't know what. I don't it understand. Is. What are you a gopher? Are you saving it for later? I don't know. You know? I, just like, <laughs> <laughs> I just like. You guys, I haven't had candy in how many months, Jordan? Dang, since we started Animal Base. So that was probably March. Yeah, right? I don't know. I was. I, I think track. I was like February, March. You were before me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is the 14th episode. We've had plenty of stuff in between. So, I mean, that's over three months ago there. So, I would say easily six months ago. you know what's sad? What's that? Halloween's coming up and I can't eat any candy. Why don't you just pass out raw liver to the kids (laughs) in the neighborhood? You know what I saw? You can get little honey packets. That's kind of a cute idea. Okay, yeah. What kids going to need? That's that's cute for us. That's like uh, appeasing your conscience, but that's not what a kid in the neighborhood wants. I mean, you know what I was thinking? Are we going to let the kids eat some of the candy? Oh, I man. said, like, we could let them have I think it. what we should do, this is a great question, I think what we should do is try let to... Let them decide. Because really, they're really kids good are about, great deciders. Yeah, about, it, well, no, I'm just saying, like, it'd be interesting because they mm. choose now, they look at labels without That's us true. asking. And they'll say, no, I can't do that because it's artificial, or I can't do that because it has this in it. Right. I, I'd be interested to see. I'd be curious to see as well. I bet in their mind they're going to, like, separate this situation from a standard situation but even within that Slade probably won't but even within that uh I would just say like let's look for candy that doesn't have oils in it you know (laughs) good luck yeah like the high sugar ones and stuff would wouldn't they like uh like Snickers has oils I mean all no no I meant like um like sour things stuff like that. sour things have artificial colors which I'm I'm against that yeah well pretty much I mean it's candy (laughs) it's candy like you know we're not gonna find a great well here's the thing both our kids are picky and, like, Brody never eats her Halloween candy except for M&M's or a Hershey's bar. Yeah. And Slade is all about, like, eating three pieces of candy and then saying he's done, and I would take all the candy. So That's I think it. I'm the problem. 
That's it. We're, we're a house full of achievers as well. So mostly it's about like trying to see how much candy these kids can acquire. Like uh-huh. that's what both our kids are I doing. Know. And then they're not really that interested in eating all the candy. I was. Yeah. They'd hide it from me. Slade would. Uh-huh. Slade knew. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can do it because I think it, it would, my stomach would be so messed up after eating it. And I don't even crave it. Yeah, that is the, the craziest thing about Which the animal-based stuff. Yeah. It's like you really just don't because, you're, you know, you're constantly hitting the fat taste buds. You're hitting right. all the sweet stuff. Yeah. You're hitting the salt stuff. Like you're, you're just hitting everything. So it's just not there. And you're not getting the same kind of dopamine release mm. that you get whenever you're having like really sweet stuff all the time. So you're just not addicted to the sweets. Yeah, that's kind of weird actually to think about. Yeah, it's super wild. Uh, that was Utah. Anyway. The uh, hurricane was super crazy. Um, you know, man, so many houses were were just absolutely devastated. And what was kind of crazy is like the we all live in a very modern society. So like we're used to when we flip a light switch, the light comes on. We're used to mm-hmm. when you walk to the fridge, the fridge will work, uh-huh. right? We're used to when we need gas, you just drive down to the gas station. Yeah. So like our, yeah, I don't know, our subconscious, like that, those things are normal to us, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of crazy to see that sometimes when it comes to planning, like we went down there and there would be people that were like rescuing out of these situations that like if we don't intervene today, this person's probably going to end up getting an infection from the, the standards that, like, they're stuck in because the oh, houses yeah. are so destroyed and everything else, or they're going to end up starting to, like, starve, literally, like, right. here shortly. And it's not like they could just get in their car and drive to a completely different place unless they had, you know, the prudent behavior of getting a full tank of gas beforehand. Here's a for instance. I drove from Fort Myers all the way to Ocala or Lake City, which is, like, six hours before I found gas at Jeez. a gas station. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's it. A little hiccup in the background there. <laughs> a little hiccup. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so if you're ever responding to help people at a storm, definitely take fuel in with you, which I did, um, a whole lot of it, and so I was able to get back out. But if you live anywhere near the coast and a storm's coming, even if your house not destroyed, being able to live in that house for an extended period of time afterwards until the infrastructure gets it back on, is going to be a real challenge. So yeah. just think through the process. It never hurts to leave and let the insurance adjuster come yeah. and go, your house is wrecked, and then press accordingly. Yeah, when in doubt, just if you can, evacuate. That's it. That's it. Because you just never know. That's it. You never know. For sure. Um, that was that. And I, then, I guess we didn't talk about why we were in Utah. Mm, That's true. You know, we didn't talk about that. Went to Utah, went to the carnival, didn't talk about why. Yeah, we kind of got, I still actually want to talk about the fair, but. That's Maybe it. another time. Brody chasing her dreams. Yeah, so Bro was so cool. She uh, she watches this channel on YouTube called Ninja Kids TV. Um, it's a family of four kids, and they do just really edifying videos. They do a lot of skill work, um, athletic things. A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. And they were holding this competition where they wanted to select like the top skilled kids in the world. And I we didn't know about this. We don't watch the channel. Did you say how many followers they have? 19 million, 19 million subscribers. Right? So it's they're like the a, number one YouTube channel for kids for in kids. the world. Yeah. So it's like a yeah. big, big net they're pulling from yeah. for sure. So we, I mean, we had watched the channel just to make sure you wouldn't let our kids watch anything on YouTube, only specific channels. You know what? Let's, let's pause the, the yeah. story real quick and say, this is a great kind of follow up question. We get asked 
like kind of regularly about like screen time and stuff uh-huh. like that and how much do you consume versus how much are you producing and like yeah. we definitely do let our kids watch stuff we want to make sure that the stuff they're watching is going to be edifying yeah. for values and thought process um, we also don't let them watch a tremendous amount so we kind of treat it like the same way you have dessert for your food yeah. you got your hard working through the week you're hard working through the day or whatever maybe you just let your brain have a little dessert relax while watching something but even in that we still make sure that it's things that are going to be propelling them forward in life not right. breaking them down i mean it's true because we know what an addiction it can be with for sure social media or just letting something feed you constantly right. you kind of get stuck in that right. that you know mindset or that you know whatever and so well, a big thing we try to tell our kids is instead of being a consumer be a producer so yes it's fun to watch some shows every once in a while but instead of just letting something feed you you should be creating some stuff. That's right. So and we, it's hard to be creative uh-huh. when you're able to just take it in all the time. Oh, yeah. So, like, in that equation of consumer versus producer, like, that does not mean that you won't consume stuff. It means that the sum, you know, the, the sum of your input is going to be that you are being creative, you're figuring out how to, like, propel yourself forward in life, and then it's okay to have some dessert as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, anyway, we let them watch this channel. We weren't really, you know, we don't watch every video, but I knew it had good quality. It was kind of what we as parents want to model to our kids. And so I guess they had this challenge where they had kids send in a video of their talent or skill. Um, Brody made her videos. She sent them in, and she got selected out of 10,000 kids. She was one of 25 that they selected to come out to Utah and to film this you know, really big production we can't talk about. Um, but it was amazing to be around 24 other kids. That literally blew my mind how yeah. talented they were. Yeah, super talented. And just all areas, you That's know, it. just... Well, it's like that book you're reading, Outliers, as yeah, well. Yeah, That it's like, you know, for all you people that have kids, like, and, and you guys know this, but just to reinforce it, invest, invest, invest. Invest, and what I noticed, too, is... Invest meaning... Yeah, invest meaning for us, and what I saw with the, with, the, with these other kids is they were all different, but they all were very skilled and talented in the areas in which they thrived in. And so... I think like you're talking about for the book Outliers, you want to invest in your kids. And so that doesn't have to mean sports. It doesn't have to mean, you know, jujitsu or gymnastics. It means taking... Does it have to mean money? It doesn't have to mean money. It's time. That's right. It's quality time. It's really investing whatever that is with your kids, whether it's making sure they're not, you know, on electronics all day. Because kids are kids. Like, they're going to do what is fun, you know? For sure. And you let them use their own imagination. And really, you let them read. You let them do crafts. You let them really explore in these moments when they're young and their their brains are growing and they're they're growing and whatever you know they might have a passion for and so it's like letting them explore their passions because what i saw this past week is these kids are finding their passions at a young age and it's so cool to see that as like a 12 year old i saw 12 year old kids that did things that i haven't even seen adults do and it was it was amazing yeah And, and they weren't you know they were all backgrounds like a lot of them were single moms and they had 12 years 12 year old kids that they just you know, or like, hey, they, they kind of started enjoying this, so I started putting them into this, you know, instrument or this activity, and now they're just, they're they're disciplined kids because yeah. their parents have spent time in teaching them that it's not motivation, it's discipline if you That's want right. to have and thrive in whatever your skill or passion is. That's right, and one of the things that we've always kind of had a mindset for is going to practice is not, like, the bulk of the investing, right? So, like, taking your kid... To a practice is is almost like 
you getting the opportunity to test what your investment looks like. So mm-hmm. if your kid has practiced two days a week for, you know, a local flag football or jujitsu or whatever it is, if you're spending time with them outside of that for something that they like and you're helping develop their skills and their mindset and all that, when they go to practice, it's almost like they get to test out right. the investment you've put in them. Right. Right. So again, it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be practice. It could be anything that a kid is into, but you want to kind of use almost like these benchmarks of, okay, we've been practicing. We bought a, a book and we're looking on YouTube yeah. how to play the ukulele. And now you're practicing right. time with them. Right. And you're, you know, you watch it together and you're spending and this is what I see and you're helping yeah. them. And then you go like, Silly enough, you could go once a week, you go like, all right, cool, on Friday, we're going to do a formal practice. You're going to show me what you've learned, right? Right. And so you use those as kind of your benchmarks to figure out how to invest even more moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it seems like that would take a lot of time, but once you create a routine and habit, it doesn't take a lot of time. That's right. Because now it's easy enough to go, hey, kids, go practice your instruments. And we don't have to be sitting, sitting there every day for 20 minutes a day. Like you said, we can go, okay, on Friday, please show us what you've been working on you know and so I think kids enjoy it because busy kids like they say if your kid's busy they're less likely to get in trouble when they get older so you keep them busy and um, And you want to build a habit of hard work mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so it's awesome yeah hey uh, on routines I think this is probably uh, something that could help half and then help the other half differently I think it's probably taken me close to 40 years now to understand that there's different ways to approach a routine. And what I found for Jess is she'll do like really good with scheduling things. She has an actual schedule for stuff. For me, I'll do really well with just listing my tasks that need to get done, uh-huh. right? So like for me, like I'll, I'll pull up a task with like these 15 different things I need to get done and then just kind of intuitively in this time period where I'm sitting right now with what, it helps me to run that list. For right. Jess, she wants to figure out what's done and then kind of schedule it neatly into an outcome. Right. And so... As just a routine builder, practice, see what works for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's it. So she did that. She yeah. went out there. It was a lot of fun. And we'll talk like, about when the videos drop, but we can't really talk about what happened there. But it was awesome. It was very cool. The kids loved it. It was honestly motivating and inspiring for all of us, for yeah. sure. And then you went to Dayton. Right? I went up to Dayton. How was that? It was cool. It was real cool. I was, you know, even when I first started law school, I was skeptical of what the process would really be like. I was just like... Okay, it's like doing a large amount of class, asynchronous online by yourself, and then doing these Zoom meetings, yeah. you know, three times a week. And then, like, when we come up, is it really going to have that much utility? Right. Like, what is it like? And shout out to University of Dayton. The program they put together is very professional. And, uh, man, the amount of stuff I'm learning is like drinking through a fire hose, right? Like, yeah. it's 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 powerful. It's it's super, super well thought out to what they actually want to teach you and it's it's very palatable to understand it's definitely hard it's a lot of reading yeah you know what i mean there's a lot of reading there's a lot of briefing there's a lot of stuff going on but it's it's a great program for sure yeah that's super cool i'm excited to go next time when you go yeah that's it that's Dayton, ohio so i was in class with one of my one of my cohorts one of my buddies and and i was like yeah man i think I think I'm going to have my wife come up with me next time. And he goes, to Dayton? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He's like, why would you bring her here? Yeah. I was like, oh, man, we're, we're the kind of people we'll find something fun to do. Yeah, he calls me the first day. He's like, the gym's sweet. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I need is like a gym. He said there was like a crime novel in the Airbnb. I was like, I love to read crime novels. That's right. Um, I can swim. Like, I'm in. That's it. I'm in. She's an easy sell. I told her she could still work out. She's yeah. ready. I was like, as long as I can work out, I'm good. That's it. It's an interesting city, though, for sure. It's got a lot of... 
it's got a lot of both sides of the train track stuff going on, but yeah. all in all, it's, it's got some fun stuff to do. Yeah, so that was super neat. And then uh, the big topic we want to hit today, some people ask is, what are some advice for starting slash running a business? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, it sounds daunting to start your own business for sure. It sounds daunting to start, daunting to start anything, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let alone like nothing to fall back on. It's like for sure. all on you, on your shoulders, you know? That's right. That's right. But I think that's a great point. Um, for me, I grew up with a parent with parents that were entrepreneurs right so like from the time i was 11 my dad sold everything we had in atlanta and decided to move us down here and live in a trailer in a trailer park real hood style man it was wild uh that was a great experience it was super neat okay how old were your parents that's what i've always wondered you were 11 how old were they man i I don't know i have to think how old they are now so your mom's 60 my dad was born in 64 i was born in 85 so So your dad's 59 21 so what's that make your dad's 59 right now so yeah yeah but that he'd been 32 i guess wow right I don't know. I don't yeah, because do he was 21 when I was born. <laughs> yeah. And your mom was, was okay. 11. He was 32. My mom was five years old. She was 37. Interesting. Like our age right now. Yeah, that's huh. it. Interesting. Yep, yep. So. Gosh, that's like right when you, you know, should be almost settled. Yeah, well, it's right when you, you were going to want to play it safe. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And instead, he just, my dad decided to sell everything. Crazy. Moved to Florida. Worked really hard. And from 2000, I'm sorry, 95. And then in 2003, like right in the beginning, so about eight years, he like grinded like crazy, 16 hours a day. Jeez Louise. Went from, the, went from living in a trailer park, eight years later, he was able to buy about a million dollar house on the water. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so like you grew up watching that. I didn't grow up seeing anybody open their own business. You know, I saw my parents, they worked for somebody, were very successful, you know, so in my mind, it seemed crazy to like start your own thing that's right that's right but um, and there's nothing wrong reality there's nothing wrong with going the route of working yeah what somebody would call like a traditional career right and in fact what i kind of try to recommend to people is like no matter what if you work at best buy or you're signed to open a gym think about you and your product as your business Mm -hmm. so even if you're not prepared to open a new business what you do with your hands is your business right right? because there's pros in every area you know when you have your own business there's really no downtime there's no like oh i'm off work you know you you honestly kind of have to get to that level of where you don't think about work but you know i think there's pros in every area but we knew for ourselves and the reason that you're never off work is because a phone call can come in right taxes got to get done something can happen so it's like even when you're not working you're still on the hook for responsibility right right and you get used to it like you very used to it you're just used to it It that's kind of that's kind of the big secret right that's the big thing you have to learn is like it is doable right Right, so i was able to see that growing up and you were a little nervous about it i mean i was super nervous honestly like we had we had the military, you know, you have everything, you have a steady check coming in, you have your health insurance paid for. That's right. Um, I mean, everything. And so I knew, though, that I didn't want to lose the time that we had together. And then you were gone 300 days out of the year. Yep. I was going to deploy, you know, we had a baby come in and we just knew that, you know, long term, it, it wasn't going to be right. We wanted to spend time together over having, you know, a steady income I guess you could say so yeah we we decided like a year what before you got about out of the military? two years yeah yeah uh, no about two years so about 2007 that's true we yeah. were like okay if this is something we want to do then we better just yeah. start saving start being uncomfortable exactly so we yeah that's right truck yep we went to one phone yep we dropped the cable 
everything. We, we got a library card. <laughs> yeah. Started reading. Yeah. Right. So like if people you, gave us a bunch of baby clothes. I that's mean, right. we we didn't buy anything for like two years. We saved everything yeah. we could. Literally, the only thing we bought was fuel to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And food to go in our stomachs. Yeah, that's it. That's right. That's it. And so. <laughs> Speaking of that, by the way, when we first opened the gym, say yeah, we're, we're saving that capital. We're trying to save our money. Uh, we were living like so within a budget in order to be to be able to make it to have enough to sustain. If we have no members, that like we would just go to McDonald's and get like a uh, like a, a dollar cheeseburger yeah. or two off of the menu. We did. We lived at McDonald's. We did. We I wouldn't did. recommend it, but yeah. Now that, that I think that, about it, I'm like, better we go. We'd go to like Golden Corral in like the uh, early afternoon, and and then read or hang out long enough to eat another meal. We did. We went to Golden Corral. <laughs> we went to what was that place? I was like, we are not going back. Ryan's. I don't know if you're from the south, but I will never go to Ryan's. Man, I had such I fun. I was in memories. the school cafeteria. I had these these childhood memories of going you were so to Ryan's. Excited We'd to go to Ryan's me. when I lived in Atlanta, right? <laughs> and I remember as a kid, you could get the soft serve ice cream. Dude, you get all the mashed potatoes, the freaking all of the uh, macaroni and cheese, and it was yeah. just like going to this infinite possibility yeah. of what you wanted. And then we went back as adults. You were like, I don't think this is the way it used to be. I'm like, this is, I can't do this. You get like a lunch tray, and then you you basically go down the line. It's not like growing grow where you can go up and select it, right? right? right it's right. like you're going down the line and yeah. they're giving you... You're like, at the, you're like at the cafeteria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Going back, that's one thing I changed. Is let's, let's eat a little bit healthier. But Perhaps. we were like 20... What we were, were we, like 22, yeah, early 23? 20s. Yeah, early so, 20s. So, I mean, we didn't even feel any of that. Yeah, it's just fine. It is what it is. And yeah, so, so. Uh, we saved like crazy. And, and the magic secret, whether you work for yourself, you work for another company, you got partners, you're you're starting something new, you're picking something up that's, that's of old, whatever it is, if you want to thrive in that space, you are going to have to start with discomfort. Right. You got to sacrifice for sure. A hundred percent. And then next with that library card, start reading. Mm, yeah. Know you your know. product. Yep. Know how you're going to get your product into the minds of people. Like, how do I present this information to people? How right. do I, how do I do taxes? Yeah. How do I freaking pay for stuff? Like you're going to read like crazy. Like we, when we first opened the gym, I would be working with Jess just to be working. Then I'd be working on the website. Then I'd be reading like crazy. Mm, yeah. You know, just getting four hours of sleep for like seven years in a row. Yeah. I mean, is it worth it? It's, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like your best outcome comes on the other side of discomfort, yeah. right? And then here's, guess what? Here's the big surprise. You're never going to avoid discomfort in your life. So like even when you become successful and now you're trying to, either become more successful in any endeavor, whether that's successful in your marriage, successful with your kids, successful, whatever it is, it's going to restart with discomfort mm -hmm. and challenging yourself over and over and over again. Yeah, very true. I was just listening to this podcast with Dane Cook. You know Dane Cook, the comedian? Yes. And he was saying, uh, he was talking to somebody, and they were like, oh, I never could do stand-up. I would be terrified. And he's like, you want to know the secret? It's painful. Yeah. It's always painful. That's right. And he goes, you won't even realize what you what potential you have until you go through that pain he said it's definitely painful to think about i have to step on this stage that's right and he said but it's more painful thinking about it than actually doing it always so it was it made sense the it's apprehension like, yeah. of the situation is so much scarier than the reality right and it's not that the reality is not scary the reality is going to be scary but most of the time when you run a business especially in the early years is you're at point a and you're like oh no what if right. this this and this and this and this happens 
right? Mm -hmm. And so then those things kind of create anxiety because you're like, well, how am I going to pay for that? How am I going to do this? How is this going to happen? And the reality is to be successful, you have to be uncomfortable and then just do everything that you possibly can do. Right. Because if you do everything you can, you're actually giving 100% in all these areas and then it doesn't work out, then you can't ask any more of yourself than 100%. Yeah, true. All you got. Yeah. So I would say biggest things, if you want to start a business, save your money, sacrifice, make sure you know what business you're going into, do as much research as you can, and then find what makes you special in the business. What that's are right. you going to bring to this this you know new venture that's different and special you know that's compared right. to others? That's right. Not comparing others, but what are you going to bring the special sauce? You know. That's right. Yeah, and that's kind of always been our mindset with our businesses. It's what our it's how our business partners think now. It's how we think about Savage Patch Kids coming out. It's how we think about everything. Is it's you absolutely cannot get wrapped up in what is my competitors doing? Right. And you think. What can I do to maximize? What can I do to make my product better today? What can I do to make our our staff or our interaction more professional? What can I do to do a better job building perception with the community through IG videos or Facebook? Or how do I help show this product to the public? Like day in and day out, if you're going, how do I make this 1% better in these three areas, this product, professionalism, and perception? Yeah. Then you're going to find success. And right. if you don't, that's okay if you keep the same mindset you will find the next thing that will be successful for you and if you keep the same method you will eventually find success mm -hmm. very true and the thing you have to know with business is like everybody's just figuring it out that's like right. nobody knows what they're doing yeah that's and right. you know you may look and see somebody that runs a business and like oh they have it all figured out everybody is just literally figuring it out as that's you go it. I mean, yep. I'm sure once you get older, you're wiser, and you, you like, we now know things, but when you first start a business, everybody's still figuring out. You don't out. know anything, and that's the great part, is it's an adventure. Yeah. You know? And the cool thing is, of course, you're going to learn a lot through time. Even as recent as last year, I was learning things about the building code that absolutely didn't apply for the first, you know, we're in 22, for like the first you know, 12 years we're running a gym, right. you know, I didn't know about it. And now all of a sudden I'm learning this, just some crazy little arbitrary rules that are in place. And now I have to become a building code expert. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just, it's all good, man. It's an adventure. Yeah. And even with like social media, everything changes, you know, to figure Re out regularly. how do you, you know, advertise or how do you get the word out there? Like you constantly have to grow and change and evolve and, and all that That's stuff. It. And if that sounds overwhelming, here's a couple tenants you can think about. If you're trying to promote for your business, one of the things that we try to always embody with our stuff and that we encourage others is A, make sure it's fun, make sure it's entertaining, uh -huh. right? Uh, the best presentation in the world or the most data-rich presentation in the world that's not entertaining won't be well-received. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's gotta be fun. And then the next thing we're looking at is, does this actually inform the public? Is it providing value to that? Right. right? And then next, are you, with what you're doing, kind of creating an emotional call to action. Like, is yeah. this fun? Does this, and even if it's not an emotional call to action, does this clearly paint the path that if this person wants to be in business with us, that they know what to do? Right. Right? Yeah. You know? And be consistent. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you might make a great post and then, and then you're silent for weeks. And so it's like, maybe they're like, is that business open? If they go look on your page and you haven't posted for a few weeks or something like that. That's right. So yeah, definitely stay consistent and disciplined in what you're, what you're doing for sure. Yeah. And have hope. Yeah. Right. So like, it's hard to see consistency until it pays off. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And you know, 
there's plenty of uh, not conflicting, but there's different study answers for this. But an old style of advertising before social media, they said it took like six touches, meaning six advertised product interactions with a consumer before they came to the point of making a decision. Huh. Now they estimate it's somewhere above 16. Really? So you might you might make 16 posts on Instagram, wow. right? Let's say, and not all 16 are going to necessarily hit <clears throat> that person for what they're looking for exactly yeah. so it might be 32 posts it could be 64 posts before you hit that magic 16 mm. for them yeah right so Build stay consistent and as you're constantly building that momentum you're going you're going to be able to help showcase your product yeah no, that's good advice that's for sure. It. which means concentrate on your product <clears throat> concentrate on building a professional environment that's super super important yeah. and if you don't have the first two don't even worry about advertising <laughs> yeah. right early <clears throat> perfect the first two most yeah. people think about starting a business and they want to throw a ton of advertisement throw a ton of money at stuff you get a bunch of people in the door whatever that is for your business and you have a bunch of product and you don't have people buy a bunch and then you don't have inventory to back it up or that's right whatever it is or you don't have the skill of services yeah. to, to keep the level of professionalism that they're expecting right that's it so just take it a step at a time build the snowball yeah right you know if you're gonna roll a big snowball down the side of a hill right and it's gonna start with this little snowball you want to make sure it's pointed in the right direction before you push it off. True. So it's like, while you got this little snowball and you, you don't have as much clientele yet, you're making your adjustments. You're, okay, this direction, that direction, as you're slowly building the momentum. Because once it gets to a certain point, if you haven't built a professional environment, then like a big snowball, it will rapidly press out of control. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's it. Yeah, that's good advice. Do we have anything else we want to cover? Or we can go into more details of yeah. business, but I think that's a good... That's a great starting point, yeah. guys. Find discomfort, right? And it's not that every single day that you have to live in discomfort, right? That's why, you know, most everybody has at least a one day a week off in America, right? right? That's your day of rest. Mm. So work like a maniac, figure it out, take that day of rest where you just don't do anything with your business. And yeah. And turn around and grind like crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I thought, you know, how we close things up. I thought... Are we going something crazy? Or, we're not going crazy, but I thought just related to what we're talking about, are there any books you recommend, you know, for, I would say, like, is it self-improvement or just in general for someone that wants to either start a business or improve themselves or whatever? Yeah, well, the problem with me is I, I brain dump titles and keep concepts. <laughs> I'll give one. The Outliers book is great. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Atomic Habits is a great book mm -hmm. that I read. Um, Leaders Eat Last is a great book. Um, the, let's see, what's up? Uh, I mean, the old school gold standard for interacting with people is Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'm even say Fantastic that book. Mm -hmm. The, um, Man, I'm trying to remember this other one that is by this dude. This, it basically goes through operant conditioning and how people learn, whether it's through. Oh, yeah, I can't remember. It is one. a fantastic book, and I cannot remember the name of it. I'll alibi that. We'll I was going to say, we can write it in the description. Yeah. Or we can put it in, like, I'm sure there's a little comment section or something like that. Or you're going to have to come back for episode 15 <laughs> to hear the answer. All right. That was a fun episode. That was a good one. I'm just thinking about the fair still, but that's fun. I'll tell you right now that uh, it, when it, my grandmother, by the way, here we go. We'll throw this out. What? I'm not kidding, guys. My grandmother eats like McDonald's chicken nuggets. Yeah. And 
Taco Bell's, Taco burritos. Bell. She eats the worst food, and she's 91 years old. Mental clarity is yeah. like crazy. Nothing's wrong. She's perfect health. Yeah. She is a byproduct of living most of her life before the modernization yeah. of how food is made. You know what we need to leave them on? Hmm. It's the Dr. Pepper. Okay. Now, I am not recommending this to anybody. <laughs> Let's be clear. This is not a recommendation. I would not include this as a staple in your diet, but... Yeah. Anecdotally, here's an observation. Yeah. I have met three people post 90 years old that are in absolute incredible condition, and every one of them drinks it a minimum of a Dr. Pepper a day. It makes no sense. And you know what she told me? This is like, my grandma. The, or his grandmother told me that the commercials back in the day was to drink Dr. Pepper at 10, 2, 4, 6, and 8. And so she goes, I still do the 10, 2, 4, 6. I just can't do the 8 because it's too late. And I'm like, up she up. drinks a, a cup of like a... She does. She almost drinks a liter, right? Is it a liter or she, two liters? I think she drinks like a half of a liter. No, no, no. Of, more than that. More? You think like three quarters? What is, is it a two liter? That's a two liter. Oh, oh so a liter. She yeah, you're right. She's drinking a liter. A liter or... <laughs> a liter of Dr. Pepper I mean, today. I'm like, do I need to start this? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think she is the exception to the rule. I hate Dr. Pepper. I think the way it tastes. That's in my line of jeans. I know. <laughs> Alright, so that's JB Squared. Dr. Pepper's up. <laughs> and out.